Welcome in Clubhouse Podcast, Episode 2. Kyle Bailey, Roman Harper. We're doing it again, which means the first episode might must not have been that bad. So we're doing a second one, Roman Harper. Uh, at this point, I guess we're just going to figure it out as we go. Yeah, man, we hadn't been fired, which I've only been fired from like one job my whole life. So you got before, fired before? The one before this one. Oh, nice. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, the one before this one. Yeah, nice. Mine was like two ago, but I, I'm with it. Well, you know, when you work in sports and entertainment and media, you haven't really gotten started in your career if you haven't been fired at least once. That's what they say. So at least exactly. if it's in media, it's the same in sports and like playing it as well. Like you, you play long enough, you coach long enough to get fired. That's, that's it. always a good thing. Yeah, you, you can't, you have not gotten started until somebody has fired you in the sports and entertainment and media business so hey it's good to be back the clubhouse podcast if you if you're just tuning in catching up maybe this is your first episode i'm kyle bailey that's roman harper former new orleans saint carolina panthers super bowl champ two-time pro bowler he and i do uh, radio together and a while back we just thought eh, let's do a podcast because the world needs more podcasts so that's what we're here for and you know we're going to talk sports we'll talk to interesting people we might drop the occasional f-bomb but we're going to try not to make it a habit of that because both our mamas are listening to these episodes no doubt so we can't do too much of that but it is nice to have a little bit of freedom uh before we get to to today's guest on this particular episode leo mazzoni world series champion longtime atlanta braves pitching coach one of my favorite people in sports not just baseball but in sports leo mazzoni's wild yeah, and you're going to hear him coming up in a couple of minutes. This guy here. is awesome. I've only been on the – I've done the radio show with him, and Leo's come on, and he is completely – he's unfiltered on, like, radio. Yeah. Like, where we have to be filtered. So I can't imagine how he's going to be today. I think he's going to be full bore. I, he brings great energy, especially for somebody of his age. He's been around so much baseball. He's seen so many things. He's going to have great insight to a lot of things that are going on in baseball right now. Well, so you grew up – you're from Alabama originally. Yep. So if you grew up in the southeast, you know, we grew up in Braves territory. So most people that you probably knew growing up were Braves fans. Most of my friends were Braves fans. Yep. Everybody watched those Braves teams on TBS. You know, that was – everybody had the That same, was it. That, I mean, that was the only – you could do, you could watch the Braves on TBS or you could watch the Chicago White Sox. Or the Cubs, or the Cubs. on WGN. Yeah, on WGN. That, that was cat. like – that was like the – the it so I stayed up many many nights watching Braves baseball with my dad such a big fan of all those great pitching rotations and all the great pitchers that the Braves had also you know David Justice because he was a lefty I bat lefty so I was a big fan of his Terry Pendleton back in the day Otis Nixon he looked like he was 58 but he was probably like 20 something so he looked 58 when he got to the league <laughs> that's what I'm saying <laughs> he got to the league <laughs> it's amazing how it is. He, this guy probably looks the exact same now I don't know but um but that is who I was a fan of and I have many many stories and many many Great uh, just thoughts that just take me back to that place, except for, like, they could never win it all. Like, they had all those great teams for so long, and they just always would lose. Yeah. Well, so, again, if you're a Braves fan, you don't you, – I don't need to tell you who Leo Mazzoni <laughs> is. If you're a baseball fan, I probably don't need to tell you that. But Leo's on today's episode. He'll join us coming up shortly. But before I, I get to him and everything else – you know, I've I've expressed a lot of opinions about uh, the Major League Baseball Astros cheating scandal, which we'll get into with Leo in a bit. But as a competitor yourself, you know, as a former yes. professional athlete, I know that you were a big baseball fan growing up. You're, you're a sports fan in general, but so much of your life was devoted to football and your craft that you, you did kind of get away from the game for a little while. But at the same time, it's something that you, you hold a lot of, uh, you know, treasure and, and love for. From a, you, know, you played in an organization in uh, New Orleans that once upon a time was accused of cheating, so to speak. You know, right. Bounty Gate. That's, that's not an easy thing for a team or a league to deal with as you've watched this scandal unfold, like what what are your kind of bird's eye view opinions of, of how it's all gone down? That usually the the high ups never get it right. They they truly don't have all the information involved. They usually take somebody's opinion versus the others and they go with the side of the guilty, right? They're guilty as much as we can say they're guilty and we're going to punish them upon, uh, because of that. Uh, you know, the scandal that I was a part of with the whole Bounty Gate, I mean, it was, it was nowhere near as salacious and, and, and violent and crazy as they wanted to play us as. Look, it was really just that we were doing the same thing all these other teams were doing as well and that I had seen been done since I got into the league, which is like, you know, uh, you want to first person down on kickoff, $100. Like, it's not anything crazy. Uh, we're not trying to hurt anybody individually. We all understand everybody's trying to make their careers out of it. But if I can get an edge and anything gives anybody an edge, I mean, you're trying to do that. And for them to try and come out there and say – we were trying to intentionally hurt people. We were trying to do these other things. But when you let outside forces get into a locker room who people do not understand the realm and the, the communication, the talk, the, the things that go inside of a locker room, uh, it, you start to let people pull at you, put knives and, and stick holes in your holes idea and all these other things. And it, it really starts to fall apart. And then when they separate you, that's how they can 
conquer you. And and that is what's kind of happening right here in front of us with this whole Houston Astros thing. It seems like the Astros found some way to whatever edge that they were doing, they were doing it. And I understand, but uh, it, it's kind of crazy to kind of look back on it. And my wife and I were talking about it just the other day in the car. She was like, you know, as I was trying to talk to her about this whole thing, because I was really fired up about this because I've been through this in New Orleans about how people are accusing you of this and this whole cheating scandal, quote unquote. And she was like, well, that sounds like it's cheating, but like, would you do that? I'm like, oh, if I can get an edge, there's no way. There's, Of course I'm trying to do that. And it's also compared to like New England Patriots who've been caught cheating in multiple, multiple fashions, right? Where, you know, oh, they were watching our game take. They were doing these other things. I'm like, every, first of all, everybody knew that. When you go to New England, you don't take your playbook and leave it in the, the hotel because every you got to take it a, the pawn of like yourself as a team. Anytime I go into the hotel – Everybody works for the Patriots. There's nobody here. Nobody's safe, all right? <laughs> and when you go out there and you do your walkthrough, we're just running plays. The defense, we'd play quarterback. I was playing quarterback. We'd play offense. We'd play defense. Defense would play offense. And we just run around and get loose, and then we go back. See, I think it's interesting because you, you've talked to me before about sort of the realities of being in that Saints locker room right. and what was going on there. And, you know, your perspective on, you know, why it was, you know, something maybe different than how it was portrayed to be. Correct. You also know that nobody else believes Saints fans or Saints players when they say that in the NFL. So you know what it's like to it not completely. be believed by the yeah. rest. Of, so when you're watching probably Jose Altuve and Carlos Correa and Alex Bregman, you, you can probably, you know, relate to a certain extent, even though I don't think these two instances or these two scandals are in any way the same. Right. You know, you can probably relate to, hey, it's kind of us against the world right now, and, and we're trying to tell you how we see it. And this is how it is. And, you know, sorry if you don't feel that way or sometimes just an outright F you, you know, because you weren't here and you don't know. Exactly. And you weren't in the locker room. You weren't there with us during these times. I, I look at it different than the fact of in football, at the moment of in the game, in the moment of contact, nobody's thinking about anything. So there is no really edge or anything gained by what they accused us of. So football, it had nothing to do with the game. It didn't affect the outcome at all. Like, we won those games because we played better and we were the better team those days. And this whole Houston Astros thing, if you're saying that it doesn't really affect the game when you know it's a fastball or you're kind of – Right. They know and they hear That's something. the difference. That is the difference to me. So, that is how I start to be like, hold up now. I got to separate myself from that because I understand gaining edge and doing whatever you can do. And I, I know it's a whole bunch of unwritten rules when it comes to baseball, when it comes to steal signing, uh, uh, stealing signs, and, and, you know, when you have to uh, retaliate for your other guy and what you're not supposed to do, you're supposed to tip a cat. I don't know the rules, but I know it's a whole bunch of unwritten rules that the normal people do not know. So I, I, I try not to indulge too much and just really try and sit back and just take in all the information before I tell you my opinion. Yeah, it, it's different, you know, in the obvious ways. Like mm -hmm. you said, I, the Astros, well, first of all, let me back up. Visual aids help people get really pissed off, you know, or visual aids are what bring people, you know, to attention. And, right. and so, for instance, the Ray Rice video. I was going to say that is the biggest one I could right. imagine. Ray Rice, we probably weren't going to talk about that very long until the video surfaced. Right. right? I and, mean, Roger Goodell suspended him and punished him. I know he lied and told him, like, a, a watered-down version, but, I mean, we got the gist of it. Then when you saw the video, you were like, whoa. Oh, okay, this is something <laughs> real, right? Whoa. And so with the baseball thing, you know, we started hearing whispers and stories. The Astros have been cheating and stealing signs. Like, all right, fine, you know, stealing signs is part of baseball. And then John Boy on Twitter, who you know, who's now famous because he went digging through old Astros games and in World Series games in particular and started posting videos on Twitter where you could clearly hear – the trash can being banged and watching <laughs> fastballs getting banged, you know, out of the park. And you had visual evidence of what was going on. And then, you know, images of Jose Altuve clutching his jersey, didn't want it ripped off. And, you know, Hendricks, he's got, you can see a, what looks like a buzzer on his chest and all sorts of other things like that. And then the reports start coming out. So it is a very different scenario. But but it leads me into what do you do about it? How bad is it? How how badly has the commissioner, Rob Manfred, handled this thing? I've been super critical of Rob Manfred. I think yeah. he's been a disaster from the outset. I just I think he's just gotten it wrong from the start. I think giving players blanket immunity right from the get-go before you found out anything was a mistake. Uh, there's been no vacating of a title. The only real punishments here is a fine for a rich guy who owns the Houston Astros and the loss of some draft picks, which certainly hurts. They still they still get to keep the title. Jose Altuve still gets to keep his MVP award. Never mind the fact that his home versus away splits during the World Series. I mean, to call him night and day is probably an understatement. How, what do you think? How bad is this? You know, and 
you know, we love to bang on Roger Goodell, you know, for some of the things that he does. Right now, Roger Goodell's probably pretty thankful for the way Rob Manfred's being treated and, and under the microscope in the media. Well, yeah, because right now, Roger Goodell, who most people want to say is the worst commissioner in all of sports, I mean, he's definitely above the one from the hockey, the NHL, and now, of course, Rob Manfred. Oh, Rob's My, giving him some cover right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, Roger's just moving up the chart right now. So, um, I'm sure he's happy of it. Look. I'm not going to get into who should be punished, this, this, and this, because we all understand how strong the Major League Baseball Players Union is. They do not let people get in on their players. They stay very, very strong, and they are together. They're the second strongest union in all of sports right behind the NBAs. And I thought the punishment was okay, but every decision he's made since the punishment that was handed down, you got to be stiff in your words, and you got to believe it and be able to – uh, communicate that out to the masses of why you're doing these things, why it was justifiable, and have some things and some stats to back you up. He has none of that. He's just kind of going on a whim. He seems like he's kind of double-crossing. And just the words that he's using, I understand the GM. And the fact that when you say the players having to go out and face the media afterwards is a good punishment enough, that's the worst answer. That doesn't change anything. That is the worst answer I could ever imagine. You say it's like, oh, they're already punished enough because, you know, that's like the parents that put the sign on their kid when they stole from Walmart. Like, I stole from Walmart, and you got to sit up there for two hours while everybody walks by and laughs at you. I mean, they can say that works, but does it really work? Does the kid really learn from that? And I, I don't know how you punish the players. I don't think you could punish the Houston Astros for, like, a playoff ban or anything like that because – some of these players aren't even on that team, so why would you punish players that had nothing to do with that? So I think that's the sticky situation that you run into. But uh, it's just so bad, and the PR has been what has really made this thing spiral out of control. Well, it has, and like there have been a couple parts of it. If you're the commissioner, how do you not know the Houston Astros are going to go out there last week on that um, press conference? How do you let them go out there without knowing exactly what they're going to say, or at least what what the the talking points are supposed to be? The right hand doesn't talk to the left. That hand. was an abomination <laughs> of a press conference. So that that was bad. <laughs> and then Manfred, you know, has, has come across as tone deaf. He called the the World Series trophy a, a big hunk of metal. Which pissed off a lot of players. Not good. So you got that going on. Rob Manfred stepping in at left and right. And, and I think the worst part for baseball at the moment is, and you can speak to this from an NFL perspective, the biggest players in baseball, the biggest stars right now, are ripping the commissioner openly. Not just for a decision, but calling out you know, what he knows about the game, if he's ever won anything in his life. I mean, just going in on him. And look, we've seen the Richard Shermans of the world and others you right. know, have back and forth with the commissioner. But to see the collective stars of the game coming mm-hmm. out and just bashing the commissioner – you don't see that very no, often. No, you don't. That You don't see quarterbacks in the NFL calling out Roger Goodell. Like, when you have the star players, like, I know you have positional players that are really, really good, but when you got star players, which you have in baseball, who are the guys that are talking, that are calling out this commissioner, that's when you start to worry about this thing because now who's going to have legs up under the commissioner, right? Who's going to post pick him up when he's needed like the owners do in the NFL for Roger Goodell because at the end of the day, he's making them a lot of money. So they always buy for Roger. But – if the Major League Baseball owners and the teams aren't sticking up for him because they don't like the decision that he made either, then who is sticking up for him? Now he's just on an island by himself. And I'm just looking at it. Manfred, you just can't continue to get this wrong. But I blame baseball as a whole. All right, They've had big scandals rock baseball the last 20-something years. All right, The whole steroid thing, what did they do? Because we all celebrated when Mark McGuire and all these guys were hitting home runs. Yep. All right, And then when Barry Bonds broke the record, what did they do? Oh, well, we're just going to put an asterisk by it. Right? That yep. was it. That was like, okay, we'll move on. All right? And then we're like, oh, we're not going to let these guys in the Hall of Fame. I mean, okay, but that kind of watered down too because everybody was doing it and we all knew. And I understand it's going to be some other things that play into it. Was, it. was it legal? Was it not illegal? Now, you know, when Brian Braun failed the drug test after he was the NL uh, MVP. That Brian Braun stuff was. Exactly, right? But then we blamed the drug testing guy. It had nothing to do with Brian Braun. So we, oh, we didn't. He did. <laughs> Ryan Braun did that. Ryan Braun. But the Major League Baseball backed him up. They allowed him to. Thank you. That's they what I'm saying. So they, they allowed him you to. You allowed him to do it. They, they, now, they, they, they let him try to ruin a FedEx courier's <laughs> life, essentially, and ruin the man's career because he didn't want a cop to, to you know, a hot piss test. Right. So that's what I'm saying. So then from there, and now you have this next scandal, and they have not got it right, and they're still – the players are not accountable. Like, so who – is to blame. Look, the masses, when the masses get fired up, they want to blame somebody. They want to see blood. And to them, getting rid of a, a manager and a GM, that ain't enough because somebody else is just coming in. They I want, want that red meat. I want to see blood. Somebody has to go. And 
they're not seeing that. So now it just continues to wave and st- and linger and go and go. Now you have other players speaking up. The fans are speaking up. And the PR firms for Houston Astros and, and Manfred have just done an awful job. Well, there's no consistency. And, and the fact that, you know, just real, one more quick point on the commissioner thing. When it comes to, let's say, the Goodell versus Manfred thing, yeah, players have called out Goodell before. Right? Yes, for sure. But ownership has never shown any outward, no. you know. Only Jerry Jones really. and, and Kraft when he kind of got in trouble. Those were page. individual battles. Right, though, right, right. So but when, they never were going to win. But when, but when, you know, Rob Manfred initially handed down this punishment to Houston, the other owners were pissed. And the other owners made it clear they were not happy about the punishment that Jim Crane and the Houston Astros got. So ownership was pissed off. Now the players are pissed off. Yes. Everybody's angry about this. And and Rob Manfred, again, I think he's got a big-ass mess to clean up, and I'm not sure if he's going to be able to do it. By the way, just that little tiny three-letter curse word right there reminds me that while we probably won't do this forever, you and I are now doing a podcast, which means if we slip up and say a bad word, we don't have to worry about a fine. And so like we did in episode one with Malcolm Jenkins, we asked him what his favorite curse word is. We're probably going to ask Leo Mazzoni, what his favorite he's is. He's probably as well. got way more than Malcolm. Well, he's old school too, right? <laughs> so I can't imagine he's he's probably got his tried and true favorites that he sticks yeah, with. Yeah, and it's all about the combination of them. I oh, think God, the combination God. is what really sets people apart. Cussing's an art, man. It, it really is. is. I mean, you can't just be running around you know, like mother shitter. That doesn't make any sense. Like you got to have somebody like art, like baseball guy. Nobody cusses like old baseball guys. Right. And I, I can't wait to find out what Leo Mazzoni has for us. But with that said, let's get to him. World Series champion, uh, former longtime Atlanta Braves pitching coach. He's a legend. Leo Mazzoni in the Clubhouse Podcast. Leo, how are you, buddy? I'm doing good. Uh, you know, keeping my eye on spring training a little bit and. Keep an eye on Furman University. They're out of the gate. At, uh, last I saw, they were two and one, and um, you know, doing uh, some uh, work in Atlanta PR work. Uh, uh, spoke to a few groups down there, and uh, and uh, on Sunday uh, we thought maybe we'd get down to Key West. Cool. <laughs> you know, that's fu- you know, it's funny. Not that it matters to anybody out there listening, but I, I ju- my brother wants to go. He just texted me two days ago. You want to go to Key West with me and my girlfriend? The obvious answer. I've never been there. I haven't either. The obvious answer is yes. Then, so I guess we got to make a group trip down there. Well, I'll let you know how it is when I get back. All right, sounds good. I appreciate it, uh, Leo. Before we get to some of the baseball stuff, Roman and I were just excited that uh, we don't have to worry about the, a slip of the tongue costing us three hundred thousand dollars in FCC fines, and so we're asking everybody what their favorite cuss word is. Does Does Leo Mazzoni have a favorite cuss word? All those years you spent in the dugout, I know you have finally crafted the art of cursing when you need to. Well, I know you know it's the four-letter word. <laughs> Which one, Leo? There are multiple. Well, you F-U-C-K. <laughs> the cl- classy is up. I mean, come on. I mean, you know, you're in the dugout. There, you know. But, you know, you try to curtail that depending on where the microphones are. But my mother heard me say that on during the 93 playoffs against the Phillies. Thought we had Delaney Dykstra struck out, and then the next pitch he hit out. You know? <laughs> That's pretty much it. That's really you know, all you need. And, uh, that's it. That's a tried and true. It's a classic. You don't need much else in the arsenal. Well, look, we brought you on to talk baseball because not many people have better perspective than you do. And uh, you and I do this every week, but I, I can't. I, I I thought this Astros scandal would would peter out, you know, before too long. I, I thought it would die down, but instead, it's done the exact opposite. And you and I have now talked about it a couple times. But you know, Leo, I don't I don't like to to go on the air or go on a podcast and call for guys to get fired. I think that's bad karma. It's just not a thing that I generally do. Mm-hmm. But but at this point, I, I'm listening to some of the calls for Rob Manford to be uh, fired or for him to resign, and the way he's handled some of this, Leo, I can't argue very much against it. And I'm not asking you to to, to endorse him being fired, but I'm wondering, you know, you've seen a lot of baseball, you've seen commissioners come and go. I don't, I can't identify too many things that Rob Manford's done right in the last couple of weeks. Can you? Well, you know, I, I think I think uh, 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 we the media. Uh, and they just keep trying to get people fired. And what's Manfred going to do? You know, he can't, he can't, he can't uh, get uh, fire a bunch of players. He can't suspend a whole bunch of players. You know, he did what he had to do. He he fired a general manager and he fired two managers and didn't let the other rest of the investigation take care of itself. But it just seems to me like the media is, just drives keeps driving this thing further and further than it actually should go. And uh, I don't, I don't think Manfred should be fired, and I don't think he, he's done. I think he's done enough to get this thing cranked down to where, after you know, it's it's not going to happen again. That's for darn sure. And uh, that was the goal to get it to stop, and they got it to stop. But uh, you know, I got one question. I, 
how in the hell can you not hear a garbage can banging? <laughs> I mean, if you're on the other side and you got they got to bang it loud enough for their hitter to hit it right to hear it right. Uh, yeah, in theory. Well, you could sure as hell hear that on the other side. Well, yeah, but they were using. You know, Maddox used to hear somebody whistle with their fifty thousand people in the stands, and he'd come in and say, "They got my pitches. They got my pitches." You know, so I I, I still can't understand why you can't hear a garbage can being banged. On the other side, and the manager will say, time out, I smell a rat here. What's going on? Well, I think it's a fair point. I don't get that. I, I think it's a fair point, but I think you got to, you know, the buzzers that, that uh, they're being accused of wearing under the jerseys and everything else. Right. Uh, but go, go back to something you said a second ago. And, Rome, I'd love your opinion on this, too. I get where you're coming from with the media because the media loves a scandal. The media loves a salacious story like this. There's no question about it. But, but – I don't know that it's the the media fueling the flames right now as much as it is the biggest names in baseball letting loose on the commissioner, Aaron Judge, Mike Trout, uh, Cody Bellinger, Justin Turner. You know, you, you, on top of the fact that the Astros, that press conference last week was, I mean, downright embarrassing. It was so bad. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I get where you're coming from with the media, but you got some of the biggest names in baseball openly ripping the commissioner right now. What do you think of that? Well, I, I think that uh, you better be careful how much you rip somebody and, uh, and, uh, you know, be careful of uh, uh, how far this thing gets expanded, you know. I mean, uh, you know, some it, it's just when I hear other people, you know, saying, oh, well, you, you know, you, you know, look, this I don't I, I don't I think it's wrong. Technology took it to a completely different level and there should be some fines and suspensions, et cetera. But I think a lot of those have taken place now. I think players should just let it go now i can understand where a player might say well i got sent down because they knew what was coming and that's why i got hit but you don't know that for sure you don't know if the judge said he's going to hit 80 home runs you don't know that for sure you know you don't, you know you, you really don't know and so therefore they're trying to get it right as far as manford and 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 then also uh then it's up to the union you know that you have the players union getting involved in this and and uh, and you know it's going to go back and forth, but until everything is put out on put out there, you know, I think it's best for baseball to, to to lay low and let everybody find out what the hell went on. I know that the Astros got nailed. We don't know if there was microphones inside a jersey. That's never been proven, has it? Well, look, no, most of it hasn't been proven, and that's part of the issue for yeah. me. And I know Roman's got yeah, something for Well, you. I would think so. Well, but the, I mean, uh, but the problem, you know, Leo, but, the, the problem is for me, though, and I don't mean to cut you off, but the thing is, like, people keep trying to draw comparisons between, you know, organized crime and, you know, the, the lieutenants and the grunts and the guys that, that get immunity for testifying against the bosses and everything else. The, the problem with that analogy to me is, though, when the FBI and the DEA or whoever else cuts those kind of deals, they're getting information back from these guys. Uh, to me, and from everything I gather, Major League Baseball still doesn't have a great grasp on exactly how Houston cheated and therefore doesn't really know what they're supposed to put in the rule books next to make sure this doesn't happen again. That's my issue with it, that they're not really getting much information. By now, we should probably know how or, or when they use buzzers. Well, I mean, uh, and, and until we do know... You know, you can offer opinions all you want on both sides, and it doesn't it doesn't hold any weight until you actually have proof, real proof. Now, of course, the garbage can't understand, you know. But once again, you know, and I'm not taking up for them. I mean, it's it's easy for me to think about, you know, throwing a breaking ball on her changeup and them just spitting on it when, when they know it's coming and then sitting on dead red, you know. Uh, but... I, I think they've done it, done what they're supposed to do. Now let's get, you have to wait to get more fat, that more facts come out. But as, as long as everybody starts hollering this and that and this and that and this and that, you know, then uh, you know it remains to be seen how much how far they should go as far as suspensions and all that because there's not enough proof out there right now. So so Leo, I, you brought up the players' union earlier, and I I think I think that's a, a great great thing to really lean on because. I think that Major League Baseball's Players Union is the second strongest union of all sports leagues, right behind the NBA and in front of the NFL. And we all know how strong that Players Union is for the uh, Major League Baseball. The only problem I have is I'm not just a full-blown baseball guy, right? But you've seen mm-hmm. the scandals that have really rocked Major League Baseball the last 20-something years, right? You had the steroid era when everybody that around the baseball locker room and kind of saw it, right? But we all were celebrating Mark McGuire – Barry Bonds, Sammy Sosa hitting all these home runs, but not knowing on the outside what was really going on on the inside, even though the people on the inside 
came back later on. And remember, they even tried to crucify Jose Canseco when he came out and started telling everything, right? Everybody started well, I, crucifying I, I, I still, I don't, I still don't like that he came out and started yapping his <laughs> mouth off, to be honest with you. I, and I get it, right? And I respect it because something sacred about that locker room, and I totally get it. Then you had Brian Absolutely. Brom, Brian Braun, who won the NL uh, MVP. Then he comes to find out that he failed a drug test, but then they blame the testing guy. So baseball still kind of stayed away from it and always sides with the player side, right? Because we all understand mm-hmm. how strong the players union is. And I think when you bring that up, there's it should not shock people when you hear Manfred struggling over what he can do against these players, knowing that this players union is so tight, so strong, and that they run this game and it's usually – Baseball, they can't mess with the players no matter how strong it is, and the only way they can really punish them is really by not letting them in the Hall of Fame. Well, let me tell you something. Thank God for the players' union. I'm part of it. And i tell you one thing right now. I coached in the steroid era, too. Mm-hmm. You know, thank God for the players' union. That's all I can – I get all my benefits from the players' union. Yes, sir. That's it. After 42 years in the game, you know. And therefore – and when you have things – you know, there's – when you write rules for a reason, right? Yes. The rules were your early years. You can't bet on baseball. That was a rule. Then there wasn't any rules in there until, okay, now the steroids have become involved. Now there's a rule. Now they're going to have to make up a rule for the technology who is so far advanced. Who's smart enough to think 10 years ago the technology would be this far advanced in holding baseball hostage? Huh? I mean, come on, technology may – part of technology makes me want to throw up, you know. And, and the thing I'm saying is is that put the proof out there, find out who – get more information, and make your decision from there. There will be rules put in now with the next uh, ag- agreement between owners and, and, and players' union. But there's – you know, the, the, to me, I, I think it's the greatest union in, 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 in this country. And uh, therefore um, – uh, Get together with 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 who's running the game besides the players' union and start putting in rules to cover the subjects that we're talking about now. Because each year you have something different that you're going to have to cover as technology advances. You know, so you have rules and you don't have rules. Right now you have rules for for uh, uh, there was a rule for not betting on games. There was a now there is you can't, you get caught with steroids. You're you know you're you're uh, suspended maybe a whole year, maybe eighty games, whatever. Now there's going to be a rule put in for, you know, cheating, using technology to cheat, you know, instead of using like a handkerchief in center field like they did in 1951, or you had guys throwing spitballs or scuffing the balls like they did, you know, in the 70s, or, you know, maybe somebody turning on an air condition with flags blowing in during a World Series and hanging straight down when they're not. I mean, you know, it's a, you know all, your, all, 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 all these guys have done – and I'm not selling it short because if I was pitching and they knew what was coming, I'd be pissed off, you know. But everybody's trying to get an edge and find out, you know, how I can get better and make more money, you know. And and, uh, and, and that's not the right way to do it. Technology is not the right way to do it. That is way too much instead of, you know, trying to steal somebody's signs via the eye or watching the third base coach to see if he breaks his rhythm, right. you know, or, or Maddox using different signs with a man on second base, you know. And a lot of times you can tell somebody what's coming and they still can't hit it if you put it where you want. So you take all this into consideration. And also, sometimes it may be it's an excuse for winning and it can be an excuse for losing. Absolutely. So, you know, wait till all the information comes out. Well, Leo, let me ask you this, because you, you talked about coaching through the steroid era. And, and all, yeah. of the, all of this has led a lot of people, myself included, probably I think yesterday, you know, to, to at least entertain, or debate the, uh, which of, of the scandals actually was worse for baseball the steroids, the steroid era, or what's happening with Houston right now, and I think they're obvious. Well, clearly they're both bad, and and nobody likes or condones cheating pretty much in any any way or shape or form. But I look at the steroid era, and I saw a lot of individual records go down. You know, Mark McGuire breaks mm-hmm. the single season home run record. The Maris family has uh, that right there. taken away right from there watching them. It. I, I know. I was that was I was a little kid in, oh. in, in Bush Stadium that summer on vacation, and I saw McGuire hit fifty two, fifty three, and fifty four. So, you know, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, he looked like Popeye. He really did. You know, so you had individual <laughs> records going down. And Hammer and Hank's record goes down eventually. You know, the steroid era did that. And that also cost some pitchers money and, you know, hurt a lot of people. And But at the same time, yeah. 
that that home run chase brought baseball back. You know, it brought it back off from life support from the strike in '94. From the strike. So there there was a, a positive byproduct of that. At least you can make that case. I don't. Can we make a positive? Are we going to find a positive byproduct out of this? I, I just well, look well, at let it. Me ask, go let, ahead. Go let ahead. Let me tell you something. When 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 McGuire and all those guys did that, was there a rule? Oh no, no, I don't no. Think so. Okay, therefore there was now. Now is there a rule? There will be. Now there's a rule. Yeah. Okay. Now, but w- before this all came out with technology, you know, is there a rule? Was there or is there? No, I think yeah. it's it, it's I mean, more about of- it's more about look. You got to do whatever you can. Look, you if you ain't. I was always taught if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. Well, you played the SEC. I know. So. I, I, heard, I heard that too. But you know what? As each decade passes. Now that's getting to be too much, right? Yeah, that's that's making it unfair. Well, baseball you know? did. Baseball the, told the these teams pri- the ones prior to that. It was it was human beings having a. I always thought it was having a little fun trying to figure out how to know what was coming or yep. this or that, and and then doing signs to make sure the guy at second didn't know couldn't give location or watching the third base coach or looking around and you get paranoid. You know, as a coach, you get paranoid. You start looking around, going, "Okay, somebody knows something. Okay, what's going on here?" You know, we used to have a microphone patrol where one coach was in charge of going through the dugout, find out where all the microphones were, just to make sure we didn't say something we shouldn't say. You know, all these things. Go. But now, you know, here comes the analytical guys, and here comes the technology, and let's figure out these codes and all that, and that's got to be eliminated. Yeah. I don't agree with that at all. Well, baseball did tell these teams. I mean, they, they did lay it out in the memo that technology is where the line was drawn. And so that's why the Astros have have landed in the hot water that they're in because Major League Baseball did communicate that. Now, there will be more ironclad rules coming. We can all pretty much guarantee that. Oh, there's no question about it. There there will be. It'll be be written in. And and here's the thing, you know, and it's uh, – and those rules are in place. There's been – look, managers don't like to lose their jobs. General managers don't like to lose their jobs. But you look at what's in the agreement now, it's people that are in charge of the team that can lose their jobs. Now they'll add – once they find out if there's a guilty player or two or three or ten or a hundred, who knows, then that'll be added into the, the ag- agreement, too, and then therefore that stops. Then we'll come up with something else later on down the road and we'll do the same damn thing. Well, sure, sure. It, I... it, it's in every generation. Mm-hmm. So you know, it is, This isn't no, nothing new. It's just a different – this is just technology doing it. Well, right, and and that's, again, that's where they drew the line for obvious reasons. Now, I, and I agree with them 100%. Well, now we're seeing the line with technology. And now we're seeing why they drew the line where they did, because it did fundamentally change the game. I guess my question, because you and I, again, have talked about this a couple of times, and I've gone back and forth. I've, you know, I haven't been firm in some of my opinions on this because I didn't know enough. But I, I got to be honest with you. I'm looking at it thinking, and Ken Rosenthal, I thought, made a great point, a great article two days ago. He said, if baseball is going to move on from this, the Houston Astros need to stop arguing that the 2017 World Series title was legitimate. You know, that, that press conference last week was embarrassing. Jim Crane, you know, said it was, you know, it didn't impact the game. And then 60 seconds later, a, a reporter said, wait a minute, did you just say this didn't impact the game? And Crane said, no, I didn't say that. That's not what I said. He literally had just said it. And we're all wondering, well, then why are we here? If it didn't impact the game, then why is there a press conference? Why, why is everybody right. up in arms right now? So, you know, in terms of the, the optics, they're bad, right? And, and moving right. forward. Well, well, hold I, on. You know, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, what the Astros should do is just everybody keep their mouth shut. Mm-hmm. They can't. You know? They, they can't, and they won't, it seems. I mean, Correa, Bregman, Altuve, they, they can't, they won't do it. Leo, at this point, look, I, if you don't suspend players, I think that might have been a mistake from the outset. I'm not sure you can, you can fix that at this point. I think the only thing that's going to satisfy many people would be to strip the title from 2017. Don't, don't award it to anybody else, nothing silly like that. But there's no real punishment for these guys if you don't strip the title and just vacate it in 2017. Yeah, well, what, what's stripping the title going to do? I mean, you know, everybody's still going to know who was the best team that year. Well, I mean, were they stripping the title for the record books? It's like a college football team losing, you know, winning winning ten games and having them stripped ten five years from now, having them stripped from five years ago when it was completely different people. So, you know, if you're going to do it, you got to do it now. Yeah, but Leo, were they the were wait, they the best you can't team? Wait till a couple down the road because then it's a different player getting they're getting you know penalized for. For not for for them not being there, so you know I, I don't know if stripping a title does anything except word of it's just a it's it's a it's a saying you know okay well if they don't have the title no more okay well let's move on you know now Leo moving talking about moving on now if you are a pitching coach for another team playing the Astros this year 
what is your word of advice going into it? Like, how are you going about these things? You throw it at them? Yeah, yeah, that's the thing I want to know. Like, <laughs> no, no, what happens going, for, going forward? Get them out. Just get them out. Get them out. You know, there's only one time, one way you throw against as that's if somebody's uh, physically wiping somebody out in the middle. It, it, well, that doesn't happen anymore either with the new rules of sliding into second or home plate. But no, you and the and and, and also you have to know that in Major League Baseball, a pitching coach can't order somebody to hit somebody. Okay. That comes from the manager and the manager only. Oh, nice. Okay. Well, here's mm-hmm. my but here's my thought for you. The only I just the devil's advocate. You you saw Chris Sale. I mean, Chris Sale didn't outright say it, but he did. I mean, he said that the game polices itself. This is going to figure itself out, the implication being they're going to throw it, guys. And, you know, the Astros, I think, probably are, are ready for this in some way, shape, or form. I get what you're saying. You know, the idea of throwing a baseball at somebody in retaliation for something that's gone and, and in the past kind of sounds silly when you put it that way. But I think we know it's going to happen, at least to some degree. And, Leo, you've made this point before in the past. That 2017 run, I mean, that might have cost some people money, jobs, opportunities. You Darvish was run out of L.A. with pitchforks and torches after, after the way he pitched in, in two of those games in the World Series. Mm-hmm. It turns out they knew what was coming. And so, you know, his reputation was ruined. Other guys lost money. As a pitching coach, you've talked about that perspective. If I'm thrown at a guy and all of a sudden the commissioner's trying to suspend me, I'm saying, well, wait a minute. You, you know, your, your lack of, of movement on this or lack of leadership or refusal to do anything about this, well, it cost me money. It cost us an opportunity. You, know, you said that was the best team in baseball in 2017. Do we know that? Right. Do we know they get there? Do we know that you gets lit up if they don't know what's coming? Or Clayton Kershaw pitches poorly at Minute Maid Park? That's, that's what these guys are going to argue, and it's going to get even muddier, I think. Well, then, uh, if that's the case, let's sit back and, and see what, all, what they say. We'll form our opinions when everything's out there, you know, as far as trying to uh, uh, speculate. You know, I think, I think you're, 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 you could you, – whoever you're rooting for, that's who you're going to speculate in favor of. If you're a Houston Astro fan, ah, we were okay. If it's a Dodger fan, no, we got screwed. If it's a Yankee fan, no, we got screwed. You know, it, so it goes back and forth, you know, and – until we know how uh, the, the, a major degree as to how far it went to, and who all was doing it and who wasn't doing it and all this, that has to come out. And if it doesn't come out, then you do what you can as far as taking care of – I mean, some guys lost their jobs, and the guys that lost their jobs basically was the manager of the Astros, the manager of the Red Sox, the, you know, or the general manager of the Astros. And whether that's enough or not, hell, I don't know. All I know is I'm a person who believes – Everybody forms their opinions, and that's fine. Give me the show me proof and show me what rules are there and what rules are not there. It's it you know you know it's not that tough to figure out if now there would be rules in place. So we'll go from there. Leo Mazzoni, before we let you go, I, I just got to look ahead a little bit to the season, and, and it's Brave specific, but you know we, we can you can take it wherever you want to. But I'm looking at the Atlanta Braves this year. I, I know you're you're still close to the organization. You're there a yeah. whole bunch. Uh, you know, they, they had some rotation stuff. Still, they got to figure out the, that fifth rotational spot. No, no more Tehran. Right. Dallas Keuchel's gone. Uh, with Ozuna coming in, they got to figure out who that third outfielder is going to be. I'm hearing that Nick Markakis might play some third base for the first time since Little League ball. Uh, you know, in terms of, of the Braves well, and, and how they're shaping up, what do you think? Well, I, I think I think in, in, in their division, I think uh, there's no reason why they're not going to win it. Uh, Cole Hamels kind of scares me now. You know, he's – Hurt his shoulder with weighted balls. Imagine that. <laughs> you and I thought, imagine that. Hurt his shoulder with throwing a weighted ball or doing exercises with a weighted ball, you know, and trying to strengthen his shoulder. And he's, he's a, he's, I thought that was a great acquisition, and hopefully he's okay after the – he won't be ready for opening day. But, you know, I, I, my personal feeling is, is that the Atlanta Braves will play in the NLCS against the Los Angeles Dodgers I think the Dodgers will win it and go to the World Series, and I think they'll play the Yankees in the World Series. Well, I, I think Major League Baseball would love that, love but, but what you just said about the weighted ball is hilarious to me, and it's funny because I, you know, Leo's well, won- only because we talk about healthy arms and the history of my career on healthy arms is second to none in the history of baseball for pitching coaches, and also talking to doctors who tell me about the pressure of weighted balls putting on the shoulders and elbows. Well, right, but see, you, you've got that old-school mentality, and you, I, my brother and I have talked about this, because Leo, and, and Roman, you might not know this, Leo's philosophy is considered by some people today to be controversial, <laughs> because Leo wanted guys throwing all the time. You know, keep your arm healthy. You got to throw more, more often with less exertion. Right. Yeah. And so that that's controversial to some people. You know, and, and so Isn't he's that something. 
How uh, simple can it be? I mean, it's it's Roman is kind of like the whole argument with football that you know less uh, tackling and less hitting throughout the week in practice might not yeah, actually be good yeah. for football players. Well, yeah, and you yeah, don't because yeah, you don't and, practice you know, it all the time. Yeah, don't a uh, running back can only carry it. You know, don't tell Jim Brown he can't carry it a certain amount of times. <laughs> you know, or you know, you, oh well, you got to carry this. You can't do this. You can't do that. You know, or the NBA. Well, we got to take days off. Some fan is paid to watch. I'll just use LeBron as an example, and the, but by the way, he's having getting a, a rest day, <laughs> and you've paid all that money to take your kids to watch him play, or you take all that money to take to watch the NFL, your favorite NFL team, and then they decide that they, you know certain guys need can't can only carry the ball a certain amount of times, you know da 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 da, and baseball and pitchers can't pitch as many innings as they did before da 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 da, and you know what? Tell me if there's more health issues now or, or there was before. In all the sports, to be honest with you. Yeah, that's very true. So, Leo, tell me this, though, because you always talk, well, you're talking about load management and all these other things. I want to just talk about the superstars of baseball. How do we continue to promote and get baseball back to where, like kids like me growing up, I couldn't take a night off from watching David Justice, Terry Pendleton, like these great Atlanta guys <laughs> and home, and like home, homegrown, home, net, or like, you know, yeah. very known people. Uh, and you just grew up rooting them for. And now you look at it, you got the big names like Bryce Harper, who everybody seems to be enamored with. Uh, Ronald Cunha Jr., who's just a baller to me. Like, why is he not more on the national stage? I understand Atlanta is what it is, but how can we continue to grow this game besides giving away free beer? Market these players better. Yeah, I agree. That's what it, that's what I wanted him to say, but you did, You said it kind well, of. Well, yeah, yeah and, 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 you know, mine was Mickey Mantle and Hank Aaron and Willie Mays and uh, all, all those guys, you know, and, in football, it was Johnny Unitas and all you know all the great uh, Baltimore Colts of the time, and then it was the Steelers, the great Steeler teams, and the list goes on and on. Jim Brown, greatest football player I think in the history of the NFL, and so the list goes on and on. And now this, you know what? Everybody talks about ba- baseball being, you know, try to get it back on track. I don't think it's off track. It, yeah, yeah. No, I agree with you. <laughs> They're going to change the rules though now because you know a relief pitcher is going to have to come in and face three guys. And they're trying to speed the game up a little bit. Well, when I was when I was a young boy, I guess now everybody wants to. I I was pissed when the game was over. Yeah. My dad took me to Forbes Field or Pittsburgh or somewhere to watch a game, and it went too fast. And if there was a doubleheader, I was in hog heaven. <laughs> so, you know, I I don't think there's nothing wrong with the game, but every but everybody tries to appease everybody as far as the young mm-hmm. kids growing up and. You know, what I think is going on, what's wrong with the game, is your traveling teams charge too much money to where a lot of kids get left out. Yep. That's what I think's wrong. And why, why wouldn't you play more day games so kids can watch them on the weekend or watch the World Series during the damn day games? Yep. If they, ask, they always ask you, okay, if you're commissioner, Leo, for one day, what would you do? Every weekend, every team would play day games on Saturdays and Sundays. That would get your kids – more interested in seeing games instead of starting a World Series game at eight thirty at night, and they got to go to school the next day. Mm-hmm. Yep. Look, it's, it's an argument that, that is so good. Well, he's absolutely. It's the same reason. That, <laughs> I like, never thought the, about that. That's so true. The though. national championship game two days after the Final Four, Monday night, tips off at eight thirty. Why? Uh, yeah, it's a joke. It's un, I don't <laughs> you I, know because they got to cater to the West Coast people, which I get. You you don't want to leave them out, so play it on a weekend. You know, I mean, do it. Play, do, yeah, play it. Play it on a weekend. And how 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 nice would it be to? To, to you know to uh, have a, a Saturday day game, a Sunday day game in baseball. How about a doubleheader on Sunday with an off day on Monday? You know, <laughs> I mean, those things w- would work, and you would get more younger people watching more games and being enamored with the stars that you just brought out, like like Acuna and like. Uh, and, and by the way, he's still got to prove himself a little bit further to me. Yeah. And then, uh, uh, or Bryce Harper or Mike Trout or whatever. You know, I mean. Uh, uh, that the kids need to see them play. That is the best solution to the youth uh, uh, baseball being transferred from generation to generation. That and the fact that I think there's a lot of kids that can't play uh, travel baseball because it's too damn expensive. Oh, it is. And, now, and hey, you don't have the inner city kids. Inner city kids can't play. You're right. And That's something true. you said a second ago about that. You know, just it, two things. You know, about the health of baseball. We we live in a Twitter world, a Facebook world, where you know uh, we, we we get swept. Don't get me started. I know, on that. I know, Leo. I know better. But <laughs> but we we live in this world where these narratives pop up on the internet, and we take them as the gospel, or we think that it applies to real life. 
And, and I and look, I like all sports. I respect the hell out of any athlete that performs at the highest level. So I don't right. hate soccer, but I do get a little tired of uh, soccer's the future, baseball's dying. Well, that's funny because not only is baseball a $10 billion industry, and, and baseball, uh, by the way, is destroying the NBA and regional television ratings across the country in most major markets, never mind the fact that per the last data, 6-year-old to 12-year-old kids are playing more baseball by far than they're playing soccer right now. Never mind. Five, five, the, million, five million more. The facts be damned. You know, you got you to believe what you see on the Internet. But go back to what you just said about being a commissioner for a day. And this is the last thing I want to ask you because we got to let you go here, but uh, the, the new rules proposals for Major League Baseball, specifically the, the postseason, and for anybody who doesn't know, they, they want to add uh, more teams to the postseason, seven in each league. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to let uh, the teams with the best record pick their opponents. The wild card round oh. is going to go from one game to a three-game series, which I personally love. Like uh, I think there's some good there, and I, I'm, I'm curious what you think about this because it is a break from tradition, but it also might not be the worst thing in the world. What do you think about these proposed changes? I like it. I like it a lot. And uh, and you know you have to you have to adjust to the times and the changing times and changing athletes. I like it a lot. The only thing I don't like is uh, the team gets to pick you know who they want to play. I mean that leaves that opens up a whole can of room. What if you pick the team you want to play and they kick your ass? You know I mean <laughs> you're opening up for a lot of second guessing. Just whatever the rankings are and whatever the uh, uh, what do you call it? The, the rankings are and the, the best record plays the low one plays seven, two plays, you know what I mean. Or you get a buy if you win your division, but then just go in order of the one loss record as opposed to uh, picking who you want to play. Rome, what do you think about that? Is it, do you I, like I it? Actually, is it gimmicky? No, I actually like all the new rules. I hate that, but Leo's dead on, right? It, it sounds like a great idea to pick your own opponent until they kick your ass, like you said. Right. And if that happens, now you're looking like, you That's know, you got story, mud on though. your face. I mean, it, I mean, you're looking at the biggest upset already, right? That's what's going to happen. Yeah. And you're going to have, like, this one giant team that comes out and loses, and now you're going to be looking like you had egg on your face. I, I like it because it's going to be a story for us to talk about, and it's just going to make more and more fun of it. But I, I really enjoy that the fact that Leo brings up playing more day games. I never thought about that. But to where it's not really so much as the game is struggling, but, like, we can just adjust it and make it easier for more people to participate in it. And that right there is enough to continue to grow it and make it the most beautiful game that we all grew up loving. And uh, I appreciate it. I'm kind of disappointed that Leo said he wouldn't throw at nobody, though. He would, Leo's throw. He, Leo, come, <laughs> no, Leo, I, come on. Look, now. I got to say that because I'm not a manager. <laughs> okay? You know, and be, besides, what you, what you do, you can send a message. And here's how – here's. Here's, here's what you teach. And the fans out there listening, they have kids. You want to send somebody a message, you watch the stance of the hitter. You look at the stance of the hitter, and you look at where his lead elbow is. And that's where you throw the pitch, wherever his lead elbow is. You will flatten him, but you won't hit him. Is there... That takes pretty good control. That takes pretty good control now to... You know, throw at a lead elbow and, and 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 don't get too far off target. Yeah, you know? and no 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 heads. No, you know that's out of that's that's yes. not even a question. Mm-hmm. Throw at somebody, hit him right in the ass. You know, <laughs> something like that. Or between the shoulder blades where they can't rub it. Right, you got to get you got to catch. Well, them. you know, look, I got told many times when I was pitching in the minor leagues, I was going to get drilled. The catcher would tell me, I'd say thank you, you know, <laughs> and go on to first base because I'd hit one of their guys. You know, yeah, but what you were but, talking you know, about. And, and, yeah, I mean, you know, and and the other thing is too, getting back to picking your own team. How about bullet, bulletin board material with that? <laughs> oh God, yeah. Well, you. Oh my God. Well, we talk about it all the time, Leo. Like the the NBA, the fuel for the NBA right now is drama. Oh yeah. Like it's not the regular season because no. that can be kind of like the NBA. Right. In a lot of cases, the free free agency has been more exciting than the regular season at times because of the drama. That's the kind of drama that Major League Baseball can stir up in the postseason. On top of the great yeah. pitching matchups and everything else, and picking your opponent, the picking your opponent part. Well, now you got bulletin board material. You, know, you got teams calling well, each other out. That's fantastic. That's drama. Well, I got I got nailed on that once myself. We were playing the Phillies in '93, and we shut everybody down. We shut Cruck down, Darren Dalton, the whole gang, except Mickey Morandini, the second baseman. It was like a 240, 250 hitter. I'm in the clubhouse afterwards, pissed off, and I'm hollering, "Mickey Morandini! Who is Mickey Morandini?" Well, guess what? He found out about it. He hit a career over 400 against the Atlanta Braves. Yeah. 
Mickey Moore and Danny. So keep your mouth shut. <laughs> but can you imagine though? Our pitchers. How many? Our pitchers quietly stick it, stick it to them and leave. But how can you imagine though? All the questions you're going to have to answer when you pick your opponent, and the, the cameras are in the guy's face yeah. every day, like leading up to the game. <laughs> yeah. All right. So how do you feel well, about playing you know, against this team? You picked them, it, and like how you? Well, I I didn't pick them. It was the coach's call. So then you got to. Well, play. yeah, you know it's going to be a lot of, and you know, you know what? It's going to be great. Like you said, it's going to be great material for guys doing radio shows or doing sports talk radio. Oh yeah. I, I mean, mean, you know, because there there be that just allows you to second guess a, a lot more. It does. You know, it does. Well, you talked about you know guys owning the inside half of the plate and 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 you know busting guys off the plate. That like like the the uh, the, the lost start of the mid range jump shot. That's a lost start in Major League Baseball. It seems these days. Right. Yeah, it's well, a, it's because you know they the rules are, rules you know the guys are getting suspended, you know if you hit somebody or retaliate and let me tell you something you can tell if somebody's trying to hit somebody I'm gonna tell you that right now it's I don't you can then you can tell which ones are accidents. That's true. Hey, it's not that hard to figure out. I mean, if you if you have any knowledge of the game at all, you can you can tell when somebody's been hit on purpose and when they haven't. Leo, before I get before I let you go, you know, and I think a lot of Braves fans out there will clearly gravitate to this podcast because they love hearing from you. And and when you and I do our weekly hits during the season, you will give the or you have given the occasional update. But for, for Braves fans out there, you know, who might have been uh, thinking about Bobby Cox recently or wondering about his well-being. For those that don't know, Bobby so, suffered a stroke last year. He's been recovering. Uh, last time you and I spoke, as a matter of fact, you were on your way to visit him. For the Braves fans out there, do we have a Bobby Cox update? How's he doing? How's he getting along? I was with him Wednesday. Uh, last Wednesday, I was down there in the a- in the afternoon with Bobby and his wife Pam and his two grandsons and his daughter Skyla, and he's hanging in there. You know, I mean, it's a slow process, but uh, you know, I had him laughing and we were having a good time, and uh, uh, so you know, it's it, it's it's slow but steady. He looks more like himself now. He can speak a little better than he had before, but. As you well know, if you're coming off of a major stroke, it's a slow process, and he's not going to be able to make it to spring training this year. But he told me that he and I were both going next year, and I said, that's good enough for me. I said, I'm going to hold you to that. So that's good enough for me because I know how strong-willed he is and and one of the greatest human beings I've ever met in my life. And uh, so, therefore, he said to me, we're going to spring training next year, and I said, I'm right there with you. And I said, I'm going with you. Don't you forget. He goes, I won't forget. Well, you better have the back seat dusted off for me because we're broadcasting live from spring training. And right? I got the cooler pack. Awesome. I'm coming. All right. I got the cooler pack, too. Hey, he's, so we, okay, so you've got to have the whole car ready then. We're all going. Leo Mazzoni, World Series champion, longtime Atlanta Braves pitching coach. He's a legend. He's one of my favorite people in the business. Leo, it's always a pleasure, buddy. We'll do this again soon. You got it, buddy. And I hope they can figure all this stuff out so we can enjoy baseball again. But, you know, it's something to talk about, I guess. But uh, I hope they figure it all out. Everybody's trying to do the right thing. So you just got to get everybody on the same page. No doubt. Well, I don't think you and I will have any problem enjoying baseball. We'll just let them figure it out. Uh, Leo. Yeah, let them. (laughs) (laughs) We'll talk to you soon, brother. Oh, you got it. Look forward to it, guys. And that's going to do it for us as well. Really had a lot of fun catching up with Leo Mazzoni and, of course, always talking to my buddy Roman Harper. We'll catch you in Episode 3. We'll talk to you then. I'm Kyle Bailey. This has been the Clubhouse Podcast.